Hello, and welcome to the Texan Overtime Podcast. My name is Michael Shapiro. I am a senior sports reporter and football beat writer for the Daily Texan. With me, as always, our sports editor, Ezra Siegel. Ezra, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. Decided not to wear my glasses for the podcast, so feeling good. <laughs> All right, well, that's good. You know, it doesn't really matter, but uh, I'm happy you're making decisions. Uh, along with us as well is our associate sports editor and co-football beat writer, Mr. Tyler Horka. Tyler, how you doing? Doing really good. Longhorns came through with a birthday vict- victory for me last week and uh, heading out to California to cover the game this weekend. Wow, very jealous. All those free flights helping you out? Yes, sir. All right, well, enjoy your time out in beautiful California. As we mentioned, the Longhorns are heading on the road for the first time this year, facing unranked California in Berkeley. Ezra, is this Longhorns team prepared to face the bright lights of a road game this year? I think they are. I think it wasn't a road game in week one, but given the expectations and the anticipation, I think that Notre Dame game sort of sort of signaled that this team can come prepared when it wants to. Um, I think Texas will lean heavily on its run game against California. I think, you know, Buchel's never played on the road. On Monday, he said he's never really played against a big crowd um, or a big opposing crowd. So I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of Deontay Foreman, a lot of Chris Warren, and I think it should be – I think Texas will look, look more prepared than they did last year at least. Well, both – Deonta Foreman and Chris Warren will be in the lineup after Foreman sat out last week. Also, Kyle Porter, the freshman, will look to get some carries. Tyler, what is different about this Texas team compared to last year in terms of going on the road? I think if you put X's and O's aside, you know, offense, defense, put everything aside, they're just, there's something feels different about it. You know, the it factor is sort of there. They turned a 35-point loss to Notre Dame last year into a really high-scoring thriller this year, and then they turn around and play UTEP, a team they're supposed to beat handily. I mean, I think they were giving 30 points or something like that. And they, they cover that spread. So they're beating the teams that they need to beat badly, and they beat a good team too. So something feels different. But even with all those things, you can't discount how bad they were on the road last mm-hmm. year. The low point probably for Texas last year on the road, getting shut out 24 to nothing against Iowa State. Malik Jefferson on Monday recalled a story of walking to the locker room and a bunch of little kids were actually shouting at him and he's saying, you know, where's your mom? Why are things so different in Austin? You know, for the past three or four years, we heard every year going to the season that this team's turning it around. This is the right group for us. Ezra, what specifically has changed for the Longhorns? Is it just getting W's, or is there a fundamental culture change going on right now for the Burn Orange? I think it's a couple of things. I think the biggest thing is the influx in talent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of these guys were on the team last year. You look at guys like Ja'Cory Warrick um, and Jake Oliver, and they've just sort of, you know, they've stayed the course, and now as seniors they're starting to come on. But other than that, you know, you have a lot of young guys making contributions. You have Gerard Hurd, who just... He's not necessarily a new guy, but, you know, he's playing a new position at receiver. Um, you have Sterling Gilbert, the new offensive coordinator, bring a totally different scheme, which is much more simple. Uh, Shane Bouchel said that, you know, it makes things easy on the quarterbacks, which Texas has really done a poor job of in the past. Um, and other than that, I think, you know, this team, as Tyler said, I think there's just an added sense of confidence this year. You know, they went out. And they played tough against Notre Dame. They took care of business against UTEP. I think this team has a new has a new feel to it and a new set of confidence. You know, Ezra mentioned um, a bunch of guys who were on the team last year who didn't really get into the spotlight all that often. Now they are. Ja'Cory Warwick, Jake Oliver. 
you hear so much about, you know, next man up. And I think this team actually, you know, employs that. It, it's the next man up, Ja'Cory Warwick. For three years, he had 16 receptions. And now he's leading Texas with nine through two games. So you hear about next man up, but I think it really is next man up at Texas. There is so much depth on this team now where some really good players are being able to fill in when key guys get hurt. You know, Dylan Haynes gets a concussion against Notre Dame, and Deshaun Elliott immediately fills in for him, comes in, has a big second to UTEP, and is really starting to come along. That Texas secondary is going to have to be really, really good in Week 3 against Cal. Ezra, tell me a little bit about Davis Webb and the California passing attack. Well, if there's anything we know about California, is that they're just going to pass the ball as many times as they can. Fling it all over the yard. (laughs) I mean, last week against San Diego State, they broke a school record throwing the ball 72 times. I mean, that's just, like, unfathomable. (laughs) It's definitely something that Texas, you know, they've they've played Texas Tech. They've played similar air raid offenses, but I don't think they're necessarily have ever seen a team like this. They'll throw it 70 times a game. Um, You know, they're second in passing in all of college football right now. So Texas' secondary is really going to be under fire, but also the defensive line, uh, they're going to have to get a lot of pressure this weekend. Here's a little fun fact about Davis Webb. He's second in the nation in passing yards with 481.5 passing yards per game. The only guy with more, do you guys know who it is? Who is it? It's Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech, the guy who essentially took his job as a starting quarterback at Tech a few years back. Webb, obviously, is that Texas Tech transfer now playing in his first year at California. Something I thought that was really interesting this week, uh, Malik Jefferson and Paul Boyette both mentioned, Webb is a prolific passer. That offense really likes to throw the ball, and he is very successful. But both of them noted that if you put a little pressure on Davis Webb, his feet will start to move in that pocket, and there are a lot of opportunities for turnovers. The Longhorns have not picked the ball off and have forced just one turnover through two games. Tower, do you think that's going to change in Week 3, or do you think it's going to be another issue for Texas? I do think that it's going to change, and with as much pass rush as Texas gets on quarterbacks, they're sitting ninth in the nation with eight sacks per game, or eight sacks total, uh, four per game. But when you're getting that much pressure on quarterbacks, and as much as California throws, Davis Webb's going to be put in some positions to make throws that you know most quarterbacks every week aren't trying to make. And when that happens, you know as bad or everything that you say about the Texas defense, they can't force turnovers, the secondary's not going to get picks. I think that changes this week. You know, the issue for Texas is, and, you know, Vance Bedford and Charlie Strong, they've both admitted this, is that Texas doesn't necessarily have that dominant pass rusher like a Hassan Ridgeway or a Malcolm Brown of years past Mm -hmm. that can just flat out win the one-on-one battle and get to the quarterback. So they're going to have to be a little more creative in bringing pressure um, on Davis Webb and, you know, that's going to put a lot of burden on the secondary. They're going to have to win one-on-one on the outside, and I think that will pretty much make or break the pass rush for Texas is whether they can they can hold up in coverage. That's exactly right. And Vance Bedford has hinted at multiple times that he, with this year's defense, with another year of experience from his young guys, he's really looking to bring more pressure, use some more creative blitz packages for the Longhorns. Going to the other side of the ball, Shane Bouchel was wonderful against Notre Dame, but was even better against UTEP is now the second rated passer in the country by pro football focus, which is a big feat for a freshman. What do you expect to see from Bouchelle going up against California, Ezra? I think as as great as Bouchelle has looked in his first two games, I don't necessarily expect him to come out and fling the ball around on the road in his mm-hmm. first ever road game. And I think, you know, that's not such a bad thing for Texas. They have two just 
stud running backs in the backfield, and they're playing one of the worst rush defenses in the country. California gives up close to six and a half yards per carry, which is, I believe, like in in total, they're like bottom five in rush mm-hmm. defense in all of the FPS. So Texas is going to have a chance to really pound the rock this weekend. I don't foresee Bouchelle having to do too much. Texas clearly will try to eat some clock, and although Sterling Gilbert likes to move it quick, a few running plays in a row here will really deteriorate that Cal defense. Tyler, do you think we'll see a lot more of Tyrone Swoops then if Texas is looking to run the ball and take some pressure off Bouchelle? I think we will, but as much as Ezra said that maybe Shane won't be flinging the ball around this week, I think if he has to, he can. You look at his touch on a deep ball, and that's a big thing to be able to do, especially on the road. If you can connect on a deep pass, we've seen in the past, you know, Mike Davis will catch a, a pass maybe against Oklahoma State in a big game a few years back. Kind of lets the quarterback settle in, and once he knows that he can complete those throws, I think uh, Bouchelle will be fine. You know, an interesting thing about the Texas passing game under Bouchelle is, you know, if you look at the last couple of years with swoops and um, you know, Gerard Hurd at the helm. Texas's receivers were sort of wasting away. You had you had talented guys like Marcus Johnson, DeJay Johnson, Jackson Shipley, who are not necessarily used as much as they could have been. But right now, Texas has eight guys who've already caught a mm-hmm. pass this year. Five of those guys have caught touchdowns already. And you look at, you know, you have three guys who have over 100 yards receiving. Texas is spreading the ball around, and that's a huge thing that we haven't seen in the past. Um, and, you know, getting the ball in the playmaker's hands is something that's going to help Texas win games. Yeah, it's really important for Bouchelle to be able to throw to so many guys, and especially on a road game. If if he's got a target on every play, then it'll help him settle in, and I don't think you know, being in a foreign environment will hurt him all too much. Well, it looks to be a shootout out in Berkeley, a 9.30 start central on ESPN, the first road test for the Longhorns this year. We're going to get to some volleyball talk with our volleyball beat writer Steve Hellick in a little bit, but first, Ezra, what's your prediction here for Saturday night's matchup? I think Texas is going to start a little bit slow. I think being on the road might play a role early on, but I think you know by the course of this, by the end of this game, um, Texas's physicality on both sides of the ball, pounding the rock and getting after the quarterback. I think uh, by the end of the game they'll wear California down and they'll take it 37-34. Tight one out west. Tyler, what do you think? I think for the first time in uh, the Longhorn season, they're going to have to rely on maybe a couple turnovers to get the, mm-hmm. to get a victory, and it's going to be a close game. But I like what I see out of Bouchelle to be able to put up points. He's going to need to. Davis Webb is going to put up points, but if they can get Davis Webb to throw a couple balls, maybe get a couple picks, I like Texas 38-31. Those turnovers I think will be key as well. I think the Longhorns get maybe two, maybe even three picks off Webb, especially if they can get in his face pressure up the middle there. Give me Texas 41-31 in a huge win for Charlie Strong's team, further vaulting Texas into the national conversation. Ezra, Tyler, thank you so much. And now it's time for some volleyball talk with our volleyball beat writer, Steve Hellick. Steve, thank you so much for missing Pluckers time with Charlie Strong to join us today. Uh, it's a pleasure uh to be on here shap thank you very much and pluckers as always is very good and there's time for pluckers anytime (laughs) well thanks for that uh free pluckers plug there i'm sure all of our loyal listeners will uh will take note of that all right steve we're talking to you one day after the longhorn swept number 16 texas a&m at greg they've now won seven in a row steve are the longhorns hitting their stride at this point of the year they're definitely getting into rhythm uh texas a&m was their 
was the best opponent that the Longhorns have played since the infamous Nebraska loss back in August. And they, this was the win where they seemed to improve the most. I mean, they played in front of Gregory where they've won 20 straight, very successful there. And they just they just swept the team that's SEC ranked number 16. And they, they did it with uh, ease after the first set. I mean, uh, they led as much by 10 in uh, the second set, 24-14. And they uh, were definitely getting into rhythm early. And they came out with uh, the intensity uh, – in a rivalry game, and they just finished the job. Now at eight and one on the year, the Jarrett Elliott. Now at eight and one on the year, the Jarrett Elliott machine always seems to keep rolling in Austin. Now, Steve, they lost Amy Neal and Chiaka Agbago Agbago to academic issues. Who has really filled in for the Longhorns and stepped up in their absence? Definitely the f- freshman outside hitter, uh, Micaiah White. White leads the team in kills right now. Uh, she has uh, 121 on the season, and she has been bringing the heat on those on those uh, kills. All these outside hitters, I think the key to Texas's dominance recently is how powerful these kills are. Uh, give credit to uh, setter Chloe Collins. She's uh, putting up uh, good good sets for them. And if you watched uh, last night's game, uh, Paulina Prieto Sarame is also stepping up. She had 16 kills last night. Uh, and Lots of lots of speed, intensity on them. They're getting the angles. They're uh, strategizing. They're they're putting them in places where the defenders uh, aren't aware, and that's definitely contributing to most of the success this season. Well, the love of uh, our staff writer Trent in uh, Dashner's life, Pollyanna Prieto Sarame, has been terrific. That outside hitter unit for them. You got Makaya White, the USC transfer Ebony Nwanabu. You got Prieto Sarame. Is that the best? all-around unit do you think in the country do you think anybody really sports as much firepower as the Longhorns do from the outside uh there there probably isn't a better set of pins uh Jared Elliott has credited his outside hitters saying that they're elite they're among the top in the nation and uh they just didn't have the rhythm earlier in the year against Nebraska Mm -hmm. Nebraska uh this was uh Micaiah White her second game of his career, she took the red of her career. She took the red shirt in 2015. Wanabu only played one game last year, and they just needed experience, time to gel, time to get uh, in rhythm for Texas's season. And ever since on the seven-game win streak, they've been improving with each game. There's more team chemistry. Uh, Chloe Collins, they're getting better sets from her, and they're definitely showing it on the court just by the dominance that they've displayed lately. Well, possibly a national title game hangover in that loss to Nebraska. So the Longhorns are rolling. That's true. They will enter Big 12 play coming up on September 20th when they go to West Virginia. Where is the biggest area where Texas needs to improve before conference play, Steve? Texas definitely needs to improve on the serves out of the gate. Yes, uh, yesterday in the in the win, uh, the one thing that hurt them in the first set that was close was the six service errors that they had. I mean, some were going out of bounds. Some just weren't making it over the net. I just think the team needs to come in and uh, get focused quicker. And also, they just need the comfort on the road that they're getting at Gregory Gym. The players have told me how much they love playing at Gregory Gym. It's it's an intense, hostile atmosphere. Lots of students there. Everyone in Burn Orange uh, cheering during the, the entire game. 
and they, they love the tradition of playing at Gregory Gym. I just think they need to step out and get more comfort playing uh, away from home. They had a set loss to Wichita State. They lost a set in Eugene to Oregon, and that's where they lost all their sets to Nebraska and Oregon also. So I just think Elliott needs to get the team just to focus on these road games. They start Big 12 play in Morgantown, and uh, if they can get that focus and – the streak may continue in the foreseeable future. Not an easy task heading out to Morgantown for a road match. However, if the Longhorns, you know, take care of business in this regular season, they could earn a regional hosting spot and stay home all the way until the Final Four. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure we'll have you on later in the season. Thank you very much. All right. Well, this has been the third edition of the Texan Overtime Podcast. I'd like to thank Steve Hellick as well as Tyler Horka and Ezra Siegel. We'll see if the Longhorns can continue their hot streak both in volleyball and in football. Thanks so much for joining, everybody. This podcast was produced by The Daily Texan, hosted by Michael Shapiro, Ezra Siegel, and Tyler Horka. Our guest was Steve Hellick. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode, and you can always find more news at dailytexanonline.com.